This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Thrive Market, an online grocery store offering all of your favorite vegan, organic, and non-GMO products. But instead of marking them up to premium prices, Thrive Market sells the same premium products at wholesale prices delivered straight to your door. Get 25% off your first purchase plus free shipping plus free 30-day trial by visiting thrivemarket.com slash no meat. That's thrivemarket.com slash no meat. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ, the life insurance company that advocates for the vegan and health-conscious lifestyles. That's right, Health IQ rewards us for our lifestyle choices. Head over to healthiq.com slash no meat to learn more about all sorts of ways you can save money on life insurance. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Do you have any interest in running one of those Spartan races? No, I don't really have any interest in doing that. Because it seems like just being miserable for a really long time. <laughs> Which is different from like a long ultramarathon where you can kind of relax and go really slow. Mm. I feel like if you got to climb walls and crawl through mud, it kind of ruins it for me. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, but this weekend in Black Mountain at the, at the quarry, there were 14,000 people who ran the, the wow. Spartathlon. Or Spartan, not, or not Spartathlon, Spartan race. That's a lot of people. That's a ton of people. Yeah. And so that evening we were trying to go out to dinner and just like the town, which is a very small town of Black Mountain, was just right. overrun by all of these bulky people. Gladiators. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, Spartan runners, not bulky and like fat, like, sure. I don't know, muscly. Yeah. I was, I, it was, it was like, it transformed the town. It was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, but it kind of made me, it kind of sparked my interest a little bit in giving it a shot. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's cool. It it seems like the CrossFit of running. Yeah. And I'm just averse to all things CrossFit. I don't know why. I, I shouldn't be, but I just am. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's my running drama that has happened. I'm trying to get back into running. Ooh. I told you about that, right? Yep. Uh-huh. You know, I like going after big, exciting goals. Need need something exciting. So yep. I couldn't just do, like, wasn't trying to find a marathon. I, I said, I got to get something big that will get me really interested in. So I've always wanted to do this graveyard 100 miler. Yes. which is down that coast, that Outer Banks of North Carolina. It's sort of like East Coast Badwater minus the really hard parts of Badwater. So without <laughs> the heat, without the extra 35 miles at the end. But it's a um, road race. It's flat. Yeah, it's... and I, and that's kind of what I think I enjoy running the most. Maybe because it's easy, but uh, I don't know. It's just that's, that's the only kind of hunter that I can imagine doing. Uh-huh. Um, so I didn't go on the register, but I wanted to find out the dates and just started to look at it. And I couldn't find it. It turns out the race was canceled in 2016 so we've been talking about this race for a while now. yeah we've been promoting, <laughs> we've been promoting it as, yeah as if it's this awesome thing that everyone should do but uh apparently it has not happened since 2015 so it didn't happen this year didn't happen in 2016 when it was canceled and uh no talk of anything the website is expired just no no mention of like having another one i found an outer banks ultra but it's not the same and that even that only happened once uh-huh. so i'm quite disappointed by that you know, I bet we can find you a like a Florida hundred miler or something that's on the road. I I have actually looked at exactly that, and I found one that was four twenty five mile loops. Uh, it just doesn't seem as exciting though. I I wanted that down the coast, you know, see the beach. Yeah, I don't know. I bet, anyway, I bet we can find one for you. That's gonna be my goal for the next for the next week until we do the next episode. Is okay, uh, good. Is to find you the perfect one hundred mile race so we can get you excited. But that is that's a little disappointing. 
Yeah, it was like the one that had been in my head for a long time is wanting to do. Maybe somebody will start a new one. Or maybe or maybe that Reddit thing is all hearsay and not actually true, and maybe the race director will start it up again. <laughs> Doubtful, but <laughs> possibly. Who knows? Anyway, uh, we are sticking with a theme that we revisited again last week, which was the rules theme. Last week we talked about running rules you can safely ignore. Why we want to do a diet rules you can safely ignore. What we're going to do this week is um, basically a continuation of one of our most popular episodes, which was a while ago, which was rules for living your best life or something like that. So this is the diet version of rules that we follow and think you should consider following because we they, they work particularly well for us. So yeah. this, is our, this is our food rules. Food rules. Which is a book, so it's not actually that. This is our, not food rules. This is our version of food rules. Food guidelines. Yes. <laughs> Good. Um, so let's, uh, I guess let's just jump in, Doug. Right? Let's do it. You got okay. one? Why don't you start us off? And we haven't compared lists yet. And I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of overlap here. But uh, I, you know, I think it's a good thing. I think uh, we have similar philosophies about foods. We try to keep things simple. And that's, that's sort of the theme of my rules is that there's nothing here that says, Get thirty five percent of your calories from mm. from fat, and the rest from, or you know, sixty from carbs and five or ten percent protein. It's just not not that kind of rules. But uh, let's just get started. So my that was a pretty big assumption that that's not my kind of rules. Yeah, that's true. I just don't think of you as as a calorie counter. But I could be wrong. Maybe I'll learn something. Yeah, I'm not. Spoiler, <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> All right. Um. So my first rule. And I guess this is in order of most important. By the way, this is a health conversation. I'm not talking about anything ethically motivated here. Or at least I'm trying to keep that separate. So my number one rule isn't the rule that you should eat most of your food from plants. That's my number two rule. Spoiler alert. Oh. My number one rule is you should avoid processed foods and choose whole, unrefined foods. Mm. Eat whole foods is the, would be the simplest way to put that. Not add whole foods? No. You can eat at whole foods, too. <laughs> you can do this rule number one at Whole Foods. Although it's not that easy. Whole Foods is that hot bar of theirs. It's not all whole unrefined foods. So what? What are Whole Foods? I mean, you know, I, I mean, I think that most people know, but I think it, it's kind of a good thing to because people throw around eat Whole Foods all the time. But like, what does that really mean? <laughs> There's not a good definition, of course, right? I mean, and I think that's actually along the theme of this like i don't think it's that important to split hairs and say this is whole this isn't you know therefore this is my on my eat all the time list or and this one's not like i think when when a food is that clearly on one side of the line or other the other then um you know then then it's fine the food that the food that is in the middle ground where you can't quite tell if it's whole or not whole or when you could argue whether it is or not that's one that you don't eat that much. You eat some of it. Like oil would be a good example, right? I don't consider oil a whole food. Mm-hmm. But some people do, or would say it's not refined. Um, and so that's one to not have that, that often, you know? <laughs> but like, but not, I don't, I don't think you need to completely avoid it in order to be healthy. I think I try to avoid it as much as possible. Right. But, uh, it, you know, so I think I'm okay with that gray area being there. Uh, but, you know, whole foods are, are the ones that are, that are, not processed they look very similar to the way they do when they grow mm. uh there you know there are exceptions you know and and even really the, the more dissimilar something looks the less whole it is so bread think of that as a pretty whole food coming from flour but 
or coming from wheat. But once that wheat is ground into flour, it becomes a little bit less whole. Like everything's still there, but now mm. it's in a form that is is your body handles that differently. Yeah. So I think the more you can choose the whole foods, the ones that you know you would very likely have been able to find in nature a long time ago and just eat off the tree or out of the ground, that's the best food you can eat. But like, what if I take a cashew and then I soak it and then blend it up and turn it into a cashew cream? Is that yeah. still a whole food? I think so. Yeah, and that that's the same question as is a smoothie still a whole food? Is it right. is it okay to blend your fruit up? And like to me, that's getting a little bit further from the the most whole state. Mm-hmm. But I think it's fine. I think it's acceptable. Yeah, I think it's acceptable too. And I and I think. Uh, that kind of transitions into one of mine, which is to to try and um, and cook your own food, right? You know, mm-hmm. and, the, and the more you can do that, the more you do that. I mean, obviously, like heating up a box of mac and cheese is is cooking your own food, but you know, all, that's not most people would think of that as kind of a the same as microwaving a meal or something like that, probably. Right. Even though you're boiling the water and, and cooking the food, um, that's that's a little different than buying fresh ingredients and dicing them up and adding them into a stir fry or something like that, that becomes much more fresh, much more whole food uh, esque. And, and so I think that my, you know, one of my rules is just to cook as much as you can Mm -hmm. because then you end up uh, eating a lot more of those whole whole foods naturally. Right. So that actually was going to be one of mine. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, And I think, you know, along the, the idea of simplifying things, I think if you took, First of all, if you only followed one rule and it was cook your own food, mm. that would make it quite easy to follow the whole food rule, or, or it would make it very hard not to follow the whole whole food rule for the most part. Certainly, you could you could cook with lots of oils, and you can cook with you know store bought prepared sauces, and you know even things like corn syrup. I mean, you can you can find these ingredients that are processed, but just for the most part, I think most cooking, if you're cooking your stuff from as close to as from scratch as possible you're you're going to be using mostly whole food so i like a rule like that where you can you know follow a guideline that is seemingly not uh telling you about the quality of foods but but it just turns out that when you make this little habit change as far which is cooking your own food instead of buying it or or purchasing it already made uh it kind of automatically makes you start doing that yeah but i think with that rule i think what you should add to that rule is my number two rule which is Get most of your food from plants. Like I said, I'm keeping the ethical thing out of here, so I don't need any any animal products. Neither do you, Doug. That is an ethical choice for me. Uh, if it was purely about health, then I would say it doesn't matter whether you, from what from the stuff I've read, what I believe to be true, if you get five to ten percent of your calories from animal products, I don't think that's known to be less healthy than getting none of your calories from animal products. Does that make sense? That was a lot of negatives in one word, but <laughs> in, one, in one sentence. On, purely from the health standpoint, a little bit of animal products is probably not going to have a negative effect on you. Yeah, and that's like, and where I've learned this is is from uh, Joel Furman, who you know considered a very a fairly strict vegan doctor, mm-hmm. uh, and and in his book, I think it's Super Immunity, where he kind of details this a little bit. He just says that in his research, he like I I think he wishes he could say this, but as a scientist, he he says. Uh, he can't really say for sure that that eating zero animal products is healthier uh, than than eating some something less than ten percent of your calories from animal products. Right. Right. So, and and if you look at like the blue zones thing, which is we have an episode on that, 
uh, Dan Butner's book, which is where he kind of explored these pockets. I think it was six pockets around the world. Maybe it was five uh, of the longest lived groups of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turns out to be a really good book. But they have a lot of things in common among these groups, not all of which are related to food, some of which are just kind of general lifestyle, exercise, uh, social interaction type stuff. But they all tend to eat very little meat, but only one of the pockets is a fully vegetarian group. Mm-hmm. And that was the Seventh-day Adventist uh, in Loma Linda. But most of them eat like this small amount of meat. They use it as a condiment or they eat it a couple times a month at a festival. But like the diet is based mostly on plants, but there's a little bit of meat here and there. And even the... Seventh-day Adventists were vegetarian, right? Not vegan. So they were eating some calories from... I mean, all of them are vegetarian. Some amount of them are vegans. So mm-hmm. in those Seventh-day Adventist health studies, or Adventist health studies, um, you actually get a good little split of the data between vegans and vegetarians. Oh, you see some differences. Uh, but yeah, so I'm not trying to make the argument that eating animals is healthier than than not having any. <laughs> right. um, but I'm just saying, like, I think, I don't know that there's, a, that there's a difference as far as health goes from having a tiny amount of animal products versus... Uh, having none. However, like I said, from an ethical perspective, I think there's a big difference. Uh, for me, I don't know, like, I would have trouble saying, I think it's wrong for me to eat animals. So I'm just going to do it a little bit. Right? <laughs> like that. I don't know. I mean, I guess some people could have that view of uh-huh. that's how they live their life. But I don't know. For me, like once I've decided that it's not something I want to be doing, then I'm going to say I'm not going to do it at all. So that's why I'm 100% vegan. Um, but anyway, so that is probably a lot of discussion for what I hope is a simple point, which is that if you said, I'm going to get most of my food from plants, let's say 90 to 100% of my food from plants, and I'm going to cook all my own food, I think, you know, it's it's very hard to do that and not be healthy. Right. Yeah. You could find, so if we added in the eat whole foods rule with that, then, then we've eliminated that last little bit of corn syrup or prepared barbecue right. sauce or oil or whatever else you might put in your food. Then that's it. I mean, that's the only rules you need to follow. Right? Yeah, we could just wrap this up here, do some ads, and get out of here. Good episode, Matt. <laughs> uh, no, we will do more to to fill the content. Okay, so here's here's a nice next rule. Feel- <laughs> no, that's that's not. We gotta that's fill not people's what ears with good goodness. Yeah, we gotta keep no. them entertained. <laughs> there are. I have more rules that I think uh, are very similar. This is the rest is that's the good stuff. The rest is fluff rules that we're going to be doing. No. Along with some dumb jokes to keep people happy. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. That's not true. Uh, let me add another rule here, Doug, before okay. you go. You could do all the stuff we just said, and you could still be missing a pretty important part of your diet. And that would be, Ooh. you wouldn't be eating any raw food. You could potentially do this uh-huh. without eating, eating anything raw. That's right? True. We just said, we said eat whole foods, we said eat almost entirely plants, and we said cook your own food. You could do that without ever eating any salads, without ever eating any fresh fruits and uh, i think that would be a big mistake which is my why my next rule is to make sure there is a focus on raw fruits and vegetables uh i don't necessarily think that raw fruits and vegetables are you know universally better than cooked fruits and vegetables there's a lot of uh, it's true that there are a lot of things that are destroyed enzymes and nutrients that get destroyed in the cooking process uh, there are a few that, that seem to get activated by the cooking process. The mm-hmm. one that everyone seems to point to is, is tomatoes and lycopene, which like the lycopene doesn't tend to develop until it's been cooked for a certain amount of time in the tomato or until the tomato has been cooked a certain amount of time. Um, so, but, but my point is it's really easy to eat the cooked foods. We all do that automatically. There's plenty of cooked food in almost everybody's diet. Uh, but there's not that much raw food unless you actually make sure that you have it right so that's why i mentioned that. that that's why i don't say 
eat raw fruits and vegetables and eat cooked fruits and vegetables, right? Like they're both important, but I think kind of by default, we all eat the cooked stuff. Yeah. Maybe not so many cooked fruits. Do we pies. Do you eat a bunch of pies? <laughs> you a big pie person? I, I do love pies. Do you? I'm, I'm not shocked at all by that. <laughs> Why? Why did you say that? What are you saying? That? <laughs> you just seem like someone who likes to be jolly and happy, and you like to eat a nice pie. I, just, <laughs> I don't know whether to be offended by that or no, not. But I don't, it, I don't it's mean true. A, it's a body true. composition. I just mean general state of mind. Okay, I do. It's a compliment. I, I mean, I, I love a good apple pie. I'm not sure you do. <laughs> With, by the way, <laughs> never mind. Now we're going. Well, I don't know. Have you had no, the new um, Briar's vegan ice cream? I don't think so. I didn't really know that there was one. Unless I've, unless is it, it's new? Yeah. Then no, I've not had that. Well, it's probably a few months old, but... I don't think so. Okay. This is not Whole Food. This is not Raw. <laughs> this is not anything that, that follows our rules. But shortly after Ben & Jerry's came out with a vegan ice cream, Briar's did as well. That's almond milk based. And mm. it is... Very good. Oh, yeah? For half the price of Ben & Jerry's, yeah. Oh, okay. Throw a dollop on that or a piece of apple pie. Oh, man. Do they have, like, wacky flavor names, though, like Ben & Jerry's does? No, they're like cookies and cream and yeah. peanut butter vanilla. I need that. I need those wacky flavors. Yeah. Wacky flavors are good. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that does not at all fit into our, our food right? Rate, so. <laughs> so don't do that, I guess. It might be, though, because maybe, maybe there's a don't forget to, if you're always zigging, make sure sometimes you zag. Right, like like mix it up, have well, some it does fun. Kind of fit into one of my rules. Yeah, and I have one that sort of like that too to wrap things up. But we'll, well, we'll, yeah, have, let's, we'll hold on. Let's to that. save that one. So anyway, right. the point is, make sure you get some raw fruits and vegetables. Specifically, make sure you get some raw vegetables because the, those are the things that if you don't try to, you just tend not to get. So salads, as we've mentioned not that long ago, my new trick is have raw vegetables chopped up while you're cooking other food, so you can just snack on them because mm-hmm. you just you just will eat anything in sight. At least I will when I'm cooking food. So if I've got some nice cabbage or carrots or something in front of me, I'll just keep eating it. Yeah. All right. All right. So my next rule takes a step back. I think, you know, we, we kind of basically hit on every, all the really core important rules already okay. out the bat. Um, but some of them are, are harder. You know, most people aren't going to all of a sudden start cooking all their meals or going completely whole food or yeah, right. anything like that. So uh, one of my rules is to to ditch cereal in the morning. Mm. And, um, and... While I don't think that cereal necessarily is, is, I mean, I don't think it's good for you. I mean, even like healthy cereals are full of sugars and, and generally not very good for you. Um, not, but, not all. You can get sugars or cereals that aren't full of sugar. I said generally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, cereals in general, I don't, I don't think uh, are, are aren't, aren't inherently terrible. Um, okay. But when, when I, I, the reason I say ditch the cereal is because that is a default breakfast for a lot of people. Mm. And when you remove that, um, your default can become so many other things. It can become fresh fruit. It can become a smoothie. Mm-hmm. It can become oatmeal with fresh fruit and, you know, and, and nuts and seeds and stuff in it. It can it kind of opens the door um, to a lot of better options. So while cereal might not be the worst thing in the world, um, there are so many better options that will give you that same ease but uh introduce a lot more variety a lot more color a lot more fruits and vegetables oftentimes in raw form Mm -hmm. immediately first thing in the morning and that sets you up for uh, the rest of the day i like that i think that's a i think that's a good tactic and i as you were saying that i think what we have done now maybe 
is shifted from strategic sort of rules to now little tactics that might help in making things easier. And in fact, that's where I kind of go to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Good you're right. I think I think that's in many ways that's kind of what what going vegetarian and then vegan did for me is just it just removed it kind of cleared the table basically right or reset the situation where all the stuff that I used to eat was now out and I now had to just be thoughtful about what I was eating and yeah. that's kind of how I started I think you know made a huge improvement in my in my health so that's a good one um you mentioned smoothies and smoothies are something where I I guess I am backing off a little bit on I've always been a, a smoothie fanatic mm-hmm. and I still like smoothies I don't think they're bad um but I used to give the rule of drink a smoothie and eat a salad every day. I, I now I think that's kind of it depends where your level is. Like that rule was really useful to me when I was kind of new at eating healthy because it was a tactic that I could grab onto and say, like, I don't know what I'm going to be eating or, or you know, I, I could eat, who knows what I'll be eating by the end of the day, right? It's out of my control. <laughs> but if I, <laughs> but if I know, if I have these rules in place that says I drink a smoothie every day, so that's pretty much breakfast, and I know I'm going to eat a salad every single day, so that's going to end up being a large part of my hunger at dinner or lunch is going to be filled up by a big salad. Then there aren't that many other decisions to make around food throughout the day. There are a few others. But like if I start to get off track, at least those things are going to pull me back because I have those two fixed good things in my day. Mm-hmm. I feel like now as I've gotten more comfortable with the whole thing, and I've been at it now for many years, uh, I kind of don't need that. Like I can just eat the fruits in the morning and eat fruit throughout the day and i know i'm gonna get those fruits and i can make sure i get nuts and seeds wherever in my diet um and i mentioned those foods because that's kind of primarily what's in my smoothie is fruit and nuts and seeds in addition to water um and the salad like yeah i do try to eat a salad as often as i possibly can but as i just mentioned to you i have other ways now of getting raw vegetables that i will sometimes it's just easier for me to snack on them Mm -hmm. so i don't know that this rule which i used to swear by and say this was this was like the first step uh i don't know that it's a good rule it's kind of a nice tactic if that fits where you are along the spectrum or in the in the process but i don't know that anyone needs to follow that rule all the time now so what out of curiosity what do you eat for breakfast now what i typically eat for breakfast is cereal (laughs) (laughs) that's that's only partly true uh so when when I eat cereal is when I am, when I get inspired to go to the gym and try to put on weight again. Okay. Because I, I, I am a yo-yo dieter, the opposite of a yo-yo dieter. Right? I do the opposite yo-yoing. I, if I, if I don't pay attention, my weight goes down. Mm-hmm. But then, then I'll say, okay, I'm gonna do an initiative where a few months I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm gonna try to eat more food or build in more meals in my. So when I build a meal into my day, usually the easiest way for me to do that is add 400 calories by eating a bowl of of grape nuts like cereal in the morning yeah which doesn't have sugar by the way i don't think there's any added sugar okay but i put a banana in it mm-hmm. and use unsweetened almond milk well i mean you know it's a... <laughs> but i don't pretend that that's the healthiest food like a, i think a smoothie is a better choice than that yeah because that is based on all these fresh fruits and nuts and seeds instead of just a bunch of wheat basically mm-hmm. i'd be curious to know from our listeners who do eat cereal and I, I, I'm not saying I never eat cereal because we have cereal and sometimes I turn to it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they're going for the sugar-free grape nut like cereal or whether they're going for something else. Yeah. 
it's hard because it took me a long time to get to eating that kind of cereal. Like mm-hmm. even when I thought I was eating healthy cereal, I was picking, I don't know, Kashi or other right. stuff. And it would still have 12 grams of sugar in a bowl, right. which if you do that every single day, like that's, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with eating 12 grams of sugar. I just wouldn't, if I were designing a diet from scratch, I wouldn't say, I'm going to make this my everyday breakfast. Right. So, um, yeah. I will throw out another alternative there is that you don't need to eat breakfast. People think you have to just eat breakfast like it's just a rule. You need to eat as soon as you get up. And you will not find that in my rules. It says eat a meal as soon as you get up <laughs> or that it's the most important meal of the day. Uh, I mentioned the Blue Zones. They actually, that is a, an argument for eating breakfast. They do need to eat really big breakfast and then they eat a medium-sized lunch and a smaller dinner, which I think is an interesting way of doing it because it's kind of the opposite of what we tend to do. Um, but if you kind of just can get past that rule, and I don't know that everybody can, maybe some people just have it in their body and they just need to eat breakfast. But if if I find I can go till 10 or 11 or sometimes 12 and just skip breakfast entirely and just go for lunch, which is probably why I lose weight if I don't think about it. Because <laughs> mm. I'll just tend to skip that. Maybe have an apple or a banana like at 1030 and then eat a lunch later. Yeah. So I don't know. We've, we've talked a little bit about intermittent fasting recently. Pamela, uh, Ferguson did a guest blog post, a really good one, about intermittent fasting on No Meat Athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm really curious about that. My, my big objection to it is I, I can't seem to keep weight on if I eat only within a six or eight hour window. It's just not enough time for me to eat, eat the calories that I feel like I need to, to not get skinny. Yeah. <laughs> so intermittent fasting is not one of your rules. No, it is not. Fast intermittently is not one of my rules. So I have one that is, uh, it starts as a rule and then becomes a tactic. Okay, let me say one more thing. Okay, please. Because I feel like we left breakfast. We didn't give people any options for breakfast. Ah. Don't forget oatmeal. Oatmeal is a really good I choice. I mentioned oatmeal. Did you? I did. Okay, sorry. Then I, <laughs> I didn't hear it. Uh, I don't like oatmeal, and I can't eat it. I just, it just, the texture of it is terrible. Yeah, no. <laughs> I love oatmeal. I, I don't know why. You're, you're a texture guy, I think. Yeah. So anyway, but if you don't like a smoothie... What I see, or if you if you have some sort of opposition to the smoothie, like you say, I don't, I don't think that blending up fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds is good. Let's instead eat them in their whole state. Mm-hmm. Then take the smoothie ingredients and put them into oatmeal, mm-hmm. and you'll get lots of these really good valuable foods. Because if you, I mean nuts and seeds are a great food to get every day, so are fruits. Uh, and if you can get some greens into your smoothie, that's good too. It might be a little harder to get them into your salad, or sorry, into your oatmeal. Um, but in general, you can get those good smoothie ingredients in more whole state not blended up state if you add them to oatmeal and then you get the benefit of the whole grain the serving of whole grains in oatmeal which is a good thing yeah i am definitely an oatmeal guy in the winter i tend to be a smoothie guy in the summer Mm -hmm. but uh last winter especially when baby was keeping me up all night oatmeal was the savior for sure oh yeah yeah there you go good all right on to your rule all right my rule is to eat a variety of foods okay Good. Um, and what I mean by that is just, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, including myself, um, we tend to I tend to lock into certain easy foods like peppers and onions and rice, and then kind of make that into a taco one night, and the exact same thing into a fajita or, or a um, stir fry the next night, and mm-hmm. you know, and then kind of add that to a pasta the next night, um, and it's all basically the same foods uh, that I'm eating. Right every night so i i but i think that to eat a really healthy diet you have to have a variety of foods variety of colors a variety of different um 
different types of food. So that that's kind of the rule. And the tactic that I try to do is to, every time I go to the grocery store, get something that I wouldn't normally get. So get one vegetable that um, wouldn't typically be on my list. So it could be some sort of uh, different broccolini or something. I don't know, just something that uh, I, it wouldn't typically be on my list. And then I have to introduce that into into the meal. And that familiarizes yourself with all those things. And then it's easier to start grabbing those types of things mm-hmm. um, and introducing them, you know, on a more regular basis. So then they, they kind of become these weird, they, you lose the weird food idea and they're all just regular everyday foods. Right. So I like it in some ways and in others I don't. Let's, let's um, hear it. So I, I, I like the idea of kind of always grabbing just a different thing to try. I think that's good for a lot of reasons besides just health. Just it's good to be someone who is open to new things and trying new things. Yeah. Uh, one way that I will often do that is is with a salad. Use one part romaine or kind of mild lettuce that I that is familiar, and then the other part uh, something bitter that you know usually has more nutrition than than the mild lettuce does, uh, and often gives me an opportunity to try something new. Mm-hmm. So it could be could be mustard greens or it could be turnip greens or whatever other kinds of greens that you'll just randomly find in the organic section of the store. So I like that. Uh, I, I don't actually think that variety is quite as important as we, we tend to make it out to be. I feel like if you're eating, if you're following our other rules, if you eat a plant-based diet and you cook your own food, uh, you are getting a ton of variety compared to like a typical American diet. Uh, the fact that you've mentioned having peppers and whatever else you put in your pasta, like that's that you're already having Lots of different foods that people typically don't eat. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, and I feel like if you look at the Blue Zones, like there's some variety in those diets, but they do have these traditional foods that make up a very large part of their diet. So I think it's good to sprinkle in some different things. Um, but I don't know. I just I think one of my, my worries about people f- trying to get variety is that they it becomes too difficult. And because I think it's, the more variety you try to introduce, the harder it is to fall into routines and say here's what i eat on tuesdays here's what i eat on fridays and just fall into these habits that make it really easy yeah that's why i say one food there you go per week. so that's good i think that's a good <laughs> uh, no that's why i kind of agree and kind of don't like i, I yeah. think i think that's a good a good tip right just grab grab a different food every now and then mm-hmm. and work it in um no i hear you i understand yeah so anyway i used variety used to be one of my one of my go-to rules nowadays it's one I don't think about as much. But I, again, like for different people, like if you're just new to this thing, then yes, try all different kinds of foods and just massively expand. That, that could be one beginning strategy for starting to eat healthier is massively expand the variety. Um, but I feel like once you've been at it for a while, you, you start to know what uh, the best foods are. So actually, this this takes me next to another good tip. Matt, yes, am stop you there. Okay. I really think we should, before we transition to the next tip, we should pause for a second to thank our sponsors. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Thrive Market. And Matt, for the past few weeks, we have been telling our Thrive Market stories and what, why, why it is that we think it's so cool. But, you know, I kind of think there's only one person who can really explain what Thrive Market is. You're right, Doug. And that one person is Thrive Market co-founder and CEO, Gunnar Lovelace. Gunnar, can you tell us about Thrive Market and how it works? Yeah, so I mean, our our mission is to make healthy living easy and affordable to everybody. And the way that we do that is we offer the highest quality organic groceries that you would get at a normal health food store at 25 to 50% off shipped to your home for free. 
And we're able to lower the prices so dramatically because we buy directly from the brands. We cut out all the middlemen in the supply chain. We literally break even on the product sales themselves. So our profit center uh, as a business is on this $60 a year membership. So for effectively $5 a month, you get access to the highest quality organic groceries at wholesale prices delivered to your home for free. I gotta say that is pretty cool because I always knew that I was saving money. It was it was obvious uh, as I was looking at the products and seeing what they cost because I knew what they cost at, at other traditional grocery stores. I knew I was saving money, but I didn't really know how it worked, right? I mean, how can we actually be getting food at wholesale prices? Which makes their whole giving program of giving a free membership that much cooler. Right, we've been talking about how they give away a membership to a low-income veteran, family, or teacher for everyone that is purchased. And now that we understand the model, it makes sense how they do that. Gunnar, can you tell us more about the Thrive Gives program? Yeah, so the, you know, the mission of the business is to democratize access to healthy living. I grew up really poor with a single mom and saw how hard she worked to make healthy choices. And the way that we thought about the architecture of the business was, can we sell healthy organic groceries at the same price as conventional equivalents and ship it to people's homes for the first time in history? And the answer is often yes. But you know, our profit center is on membership. And so we felt like if you couldn't afford the membership, we still wanted to make sure people had access to the platform anyway. And that really was the genesis of our one for one giving. So for every paid membership that you have with Thrive Market, you're sponsoring a family in need to be able to access the platform that wouldn't have been able to access these groceries because the membership was going to be an obstacle for them. So there you have it. Vegan, organic, non-GMO products at wholesale prices delivered straight to your doorstep. Get 25% off your first purchase plus free shipping plus a free 30-day trial by visiting thrivemarket.com slash no meat. That's thrivemarket.com slash no meat. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ. Matt, I think it's time for a life insurance update from Doug Hay. <laughs> New weekly segment. <laughs> ding, ding. I got it. I actually right. officially signed up. It was. <laughs> it took me a while to pull the trigger, but you know, we talked about how important it was to have life insurance and have that security for your family. And um, you're already it. sleeping better at night. I'm already sleeping better at night. And I think I was a little hesitant to get life insurance because I feel like I'm a pretty healthy guy. I run a lot. I eat well. And the thought of me dying anytime soon is not, uh, you know, not, not really a big major concern for me. But it could happen. You never know what's going to happen. And with Health IQ, I can actually use those healthy lifestyle choices that I make to my benefit because they give you a discount. There you go. You never know. You might be running along with headphones in your ears on a trail and a branch falls on you and that's, that's it. That's the it end. It could happen. could happen. That's why you should get Health IQ Life Insurance. They're a life insurance broker who understands the benefits of a healthy lifestyle and rewards us for our lower risk of cancer, heart disease, and early death by branch falling on us. <laughs> and they unapologetically advocate directly for health-conscious people to receive financial rewards when it comes to life insurance. So head over to healthiq.com slash no meat to do what I did and pull the trigger on some life insurance. You can learn more of all the ways you can save money on life insurance at healthiq.com slash no meat. All right, let's get back to it. What were you saying? Okay, so we have mentioned... Uh, eating whole foods, we mentioned eating plant foods, we've mentioned cooking your own food. These are sort of broad, general things. We haven't really talked much about specifics. So let me give two rules that I have here. Uh, as far as like, so we have these broad rules. So what do you specifically do? What do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, one thing I would say don't do is count calories and macronutrients and that kind of stuff. I, I just don't think we should be thinking about numbers when it comes to So is to that one of your rules like don't think about micronutrients? Macronutrients. <laughs> 
don't count anything. Don't count anything. Yeah, no counting. Okay. You can count things, just not around food. Um, <laughs> can you count your dollar bills? <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay. You can do that. Okay. Um, yeah, I just think I think there's no reason to be counting calories. Maybe there are certain people for whom that is the only way they will ever manage to lose weight. Like if, the, if you just have the type of personality that needs to do that, maybe that's an exception. But I don't think you need to count calories to be healthy generally. Uh, and I don't, I have seen no evidence that, that the macronutrient mix, and that, that by the way is protein, fat, carbohydrate, like what, you know, particular blend, whether it's 80, 10, 10, or 65, 12, 23, you know, like I, and I've, I've seen Dr. Gregor talk about this a little bit. It's just, it's just not clear that there is any ratio that, that is magical or that, that matter. Like, I guess to go too far in any one extreme, you can start to get into trouble, uh, particularly too high of protein becomes a problem. Um, but I just don't think it matters. And people just obsess over this. Uh, not, not just CrossFitters, but a lot of CrossFitters. <laughs> uh, and they just want to balance macros and they want to punch it in their whatever the thing is online that they, people use. Uh, I just think that is so much wasted energy and added stress around food that doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter at all. Okay. So, you know, and, and I should back off a little bit and say, maybe for certain sports, maybe CrossFit in particular, maybe there are, you know, ratios that work really well for certain sports. And if you're super competitive at, at your sports and that's more important to you than other things like, you know, like not having that much stress around your food, then maybe the right thing to do is count macros. But I just think for the vast majority of people, you don't need to worry about that kind of stuff. Like yeah. let your, let your hunger tell you. After you've given your body some time, you're eating. Assuming you're doing these other rules, eating a lot of plants, eating whole foods, and your taste buds have kind of leveled out, and your cravings are mostly gone, you can start to listen to your body as far as when to eat and how much to eat, and also what to eat. And you just start to, I think your body can be trusted. I'd agree with that. But you got to be doing the other stuff. Your body can't be trusted if you're eating tons of processed food, because then you're getting all these fake signals and hijacked system and all that. Mm. So if you're not going to do that, if we're not counting anything. Then how do we choose our foods? How do we how do we make any food choices? Do we just randomly eat whole foods? Uh, I don't think so. I think what I like to do is know what the handful of best ones I can eat are, and just try to work those into my diet as often as I can. I used to be into the Andy scores, which is the Joel Furman's measure of nutrient density. So it was basically micronutrients per calorie was how you got a good Andy score. So, the, right. so leafy greens, like, and then they would they would normalize that score so that the highest would be a thousand. So all these leafy greens, like kale, maybe collards, maybe mustard greens, uh, these these cruciferous vegetables were coming up as a thousand on the Andy scale, and then you know it just it kind of went down from there, and maybe dairy and meat are down at ten on the Andy scale, sure, or something like that. So I used to pay a lot of attention to that. I wrote a very involved blog post where I did a lot of research and tried to find the cheapest way of getting good Andy scores, but that itself was numbers and counting around food so since then i've said what i want to do is find a handful of foods in particular seven to ten that are you know are everyday foods that i should tr make the effort to get into my diet every day and build them all in as often as possible the smoothie for breakfast the salad for lunch with beans nut-based dressing and then grain green bean sort of style dinner that that framework works really well for building in these foods. 
this is actually what I give talks about now when I when I do talks, which isn't that often. I try to limit them, but a couple times a year I'll do talks at some sort of event. And uh, recently I've been giving this talk about the seven foods worth eating every single day. For me, those foods are berries, cruciferous vegetables, along with other vegetables, uh, onions and garlic, nuts and seeds, particularly flax seeds and walnuts, beans, turmeric, and green tea. To me, there's just so many good reasons, a lot of them anti-cancer, anti-heart disease reasons for eating those foods. And uh, I will just try to work those in. So if I'm if I'm eating a, you know, kind of mailing in dinner and we're just not really doing much and we're like, let's say my wife and I say, well, we don't have anything around, we're going to... Um, we're going to use tomato paste, and we're going to make pizza sauce out of that, and we're going to spread that on pitas, and we're going to sprinkle our homemade cashew Parmesan cheese on there, and we're going to eat that. What I'll do with that is I'll say, well, then let's go just a little step further and and saute some onions and garlic and put that into the, the tomato paste sauce that we'll do. And if we can, maybe spread some hummus on the pizza first or in addition or add some beans somehow in there. You don't like that, Doug? You're frowning on that? I've just never heard of hummus on pizza before. So if that is a, I don't want to get off. To, okay, let me let me not get off topic, but I will revisit this in a second. But anyway, the point is, I just try to upgrade our meals as often as possible by working in these foods that I think are good. Upgrade. There you go. Perfect. Which I think used to be a fast food marketing song, didn't it? Oh, it's Beyonce song. Yeah, but I think McDonald's was using that for an upgrade your meal type oh, really? deal, like a value meal thing. Oh. I think so. But this is a nice, healthy version of that. Yeah. Right? So anyway, when I have that kind of framework, I can just try to build those things in. So if, I, if I'm having a smoothie, I'll toss in some green tea leaves. Um, always make the smoothie with flax seeds and walnuts. They are the typical seeds I'll put in there. Mm-hmm. Right. So just it's not counting stuff, but it's just knowing these are kind of the goal foods for me to work in each day and work them in when I can. Now, back to the hummus on pizza. What I started making was this white bean spread, which I think... If you Google Nomad Athlete White Bean Spread, you will find it. It's a recipe from the Blue Zone Solution or inspired by the Blue Zone Solution. Um, and I was putting it on everything. With having kids, Doug, as you will learn soon, you got to start to work the healthy foods into their diet because they, they eat pretty healthily, but they just, like, like Holden avoids beans at all costs. But I found that if I spread a sort of thin layer of white bean spread on the pizza and then put the tomato sauce on, it just adds to the richness of the pizza. He doesn't, he doesn't detect that as bad. Hmm. So, and then I found it was pretty good. Is it good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it, it changes it from pizza, but it just seems like it turns out to be a pretty good meal. Hmm. In the same way that you can stir, uh, you know, chickpeas into, into pasta sauce or blend them into the pasta right. sauce. Right. You're doing exactly the same thing. It's just different format when it's on a pizza, but. <laughs> okay. Same thing. Right. So anyway. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. You should. Before I poo-poo completely, I will have to give it a shot. Or do it this way. make Think of it as a flatbread that you're having. Yeah. Okay? Cool, we'll trendy that's... flatbread. Flat... <laughs> <laughs> and you have... And I like, it, I like yes. the sound of that. Yes. <laughs> and it has a, maybe a little bean spread mm-hmm. on the flatbread, which has okay. been grilled. Oh, yeah. Maybe a little mm-hmm. sprinkle of fresh rosemary on there. Ooh. Maybe a light drizzle of sweet, syrupy, balsamic vinegar. Yes. And yep. now you got a trendy meal that Doug can get behind. I can totally right? get behind that. And now imagine dipping that in tomato sauce. Mm. That same sort of thing. It's just we're putting it on a pizza. Now that sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, <that's laughs> Got to get my hands on that. Well, that is an upgraded pizza. So Can I pay $15 for it? <laughs> you don't need to. It's much cheaper than that. Mm. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> so that's, that's, what I, that's how I choose the food. That, that's my uh, kind of micro level. We had, the, we had the broad rules. 
how do we actually choose the foods within? That's how I do it. Upgrade like you. Upgrade you. All right. I'm on to my last rule. Okay. That's good because I can wrap it up with one more. And this is my last rule because it's the one that I struggle with the most and that one that I have to really work work on every day. I have to remind myself of this rule every day. Okay. That is to eat more slowly. Mm. Eat slowly. Good one. And uh, that's a problem because I tend to eat, like a lot of people, I think, just eat really fast. I get hungry, the food's in front of me, and I just kind of scarf it down. Mm-hmm. And then I get, then I'm still hungry, and I go back and load my plate back up and scarf that down. Right. And then I overeat and um, feel too full and have just consumed more than I need to. Right. But if I were to take my time, either have a conversation, you know, to, to take the time, or just consciously uh, eat more slowly, chew every bite before I swallow it down, mm-hmm. um, then I tend to eat a lot less and eat really what's an appropriate amount of food. I think that is very important, and I think it's something we could all do better. Not all, but most of us could do better. Yeah. Um, one of the Blue Zones rules in the Blue Zones solution, which I've mentioned that now. That's the sort of follow-up book to the Blue Zones. <laughs> uh, I am not, by the way, a Blue Zones fanboy. I know it has become sort of, and it, I'm a little dismayed, it has become this like brand. Like I saw someone with a Blue Zones t-shirt the other day. Really? Uh, yeah, it said, it said Vino and Veggies. But then she was talking about Parmesan cheese and all these different cheeses that she eats. So I don't, she wasn't, I don't know. I guess Buzons can can allow a little bit of that. But Maybe she just like the vino and veggies. Or... Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's okay. She's eating some veggies. That's good. Um. Anyway, what was I saying? You're not a fanboy. Buzons. Yeah, not a fanboy. I just really liked the the first book, the Buzons, the original. That I, Everyone should read that book. It's really good. Uh, because I like that so much, I browsed through the second book. Um, but anyway, one of the rules in that second book that isn't in the first, to my knowledge, is sit down when you eat. That, that's a Blue Zones food rule. Sit down when you eat. And I think the idea is just that when you do that, you will tend to eat more slowly. Yeah. I eat a lot of meals standing up, believe it or not. Yeah? I eat a lot of breakfast standing up, and I eat a lot of lunch standing up, and sometimes even dinner nowadays. Huh. Like standing up at the counter? Yeah. Thing? Like, for whatever reason, just with busyness. For some reason in the summer, we, we tend to be busier than in the school year and don't do as many good family sit down dinners. Yep. And I will like cook a meal and kind of serve it to people and eat mine while I'm standing up and just moving through it. And I, I think that's a bad habit. I think sitting down to eat, stand up most of the time, but sit down to eat, I think is a good rule. Now in the restaurant world, in the fast casual world. Yeah. Everybody is making meals to go meals that you can eat on the go, like in your hand. Right. See that that's probably not good. No. Because you guess... have to, you have to. I mean, you know, when I lived in DC and worked in a big office building, I would get a meal to go, and I would typically eat it on the two block walk back to my office. Yeah. See, that's not good. At least yeah. you're walking. That's good. That's true. But, yeah. yeah, I think I think we could all do better with that. I think if we all carved out more time, now, this is a hard thing to do, right? This is this is a doesn't involve just making different food choices. This probably means rearranging lifestyle a little bit. Yeah. Having being less busy, having the time to sit down and eat, but I do think that's a good thing. Uh, I know I could improve at that. Uh, one of the good things, Doug, that you mentioned is eating more slowly helps you to actually sense. Because I talked about listening to your body and your body telling you how much to eat and all that, mm-hmm. but that kind of assumed that you were recalibrated. Uh, I think if you're eating too quickly, because the rest of your lifestyle isn't really calibrated around this sort of natural approach, um, then yeah, you can overeat. You don't you don't get to you don't you know you don't let the the feedback stuff work properly so your your stomach doesn't tell your brain that it's full yep. fast enough 
and uh, you overeat. So Japanese have that harahachibu thing, which is also in the Blue Zones, by the way, in the Okinawan Blue Zone, uh, which is eat until you're 80% full because you'll tend to feel a little bit more full a few minutes later, even if you stop eating. So good one. Um, final rule I have is, you know, as important as all of these are, you shouldn't feel too, like, pinned in by any of them. And, like, if any of these rules is adding a lot of stress to your life, then it is probably doing just as much harm as it is good. Um, if one of them is causing you a ton of stress, then one strategy would be just stick it out and hope that things sort of recalibrate and it becomes less stressful because you become used to it. But if something is persistently stressful and it is just really, really hard for you to, I don't know, what would be a good one here, Doug? Um, Eat non-processed foods. Yes. Or or if you're just a, you have your routines and you can't follow Doug's rule of picking out a new food every week at the grocery store. <laughs> You gotta pick up. You gotta pick my rule to be the one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, to ditch. <laughs> I did that on purpose, actually. Uh, yeah, or any of my rules. <laughs> smoothie. The no, the smoothie and salad rule is a good one. Although I kind of, kind of redacted that one. But uh-huh. if that, if that particular rule was causing you stress, I would say then don't worry about it. Find a different way to to get those healthy foods. Like I just think stress is really important, and if the way we're eating stresses us out, then I can't imagine that our body is really handling that food the way it should if it comes with a bunch of stress yeah i mean my interpretation of your rule or my version of that is that is to just not take any of these too seriously and add a little bit of flex have a little bit of flexibility so if you get invited out to dinner but your rule is to cook all your meals at home then you know i mean if your friends are going out to dinner you want to go out to dinner you should be able to go out to dinner right right and chances are you'll probably eat some food that might not be whole food you know when you're out at dinner Right. Um, and that's okay. I think that that that's fine. Yeah, Ben, don't break. Right, it gives it lets you not yeah. have such resentment build up that then you say, "I quit all this healthy eating junk. I'm never listening to those boys again on No Meat Athlete Radio." <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like a prevent defense. You, you just you you make some allowances in favor of keeping the whole thing going. Um, yeah, I think that is that is very good, and that is totally in line with just about everything else we say. Right, we're not we're not super gung ho like follow hard and fast rules and never break them types although we are around eating vegan diets we are on that yeah there you go that's 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 it that's a wrap follow those rules rules. you will be healthy and happy as healthy as us you'll have your own podcast like we do that's right right. i'm sure everybody wants to do yep cool okay uh anything else doug before we before we wrap up any any downward facing dougs i should know about or anything else no i think last one last one satiated us for a few months yeah downward facing doug there is there is an update to that, but I think if I just gave it, it would just be more of a complaining and whining, okay. and, and we don't need. We'll it save that, that or not at all. Have it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. Well, this is fun. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. Upgrade. Oh,